0: Hello and welcome back to the Audio DT with Reb T, the Audio Torah with Reb T, the show where we try to give an audio burst on the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. And when I say burst, we've recently changed it that instead of giving a whole drush, we're going to condense it to hopefully around 10 to 15 minutes to give you some food for thought on the Parsha as we continue forward. So we've come to the next book of the Torah, we've come to Bamidbar, we talked about Bamidbar last time, this time God willing we talk about Nusso, what does Nusso mean? To carry or to count those around you, and and, and it has different topics, interesting topics in the Parsha, always interesting stuff in the Parsha. But when we think about who who's counted, think about who we count, we think about who can be carried and who can really carry the load. It's someone who could look at the people around them, someone who could look at everything going around them and actually learn lessons from those around them. That's why the famous, famous two things in this Parsha are the Sota, the Isha sota, the woman suspected of... Not staying true to her husband, and then the partial right after that, the topic right after that, really, is that of the Nazir. And the question is why Why are those two topics put one next to the other? Why are those two juxtaposed? It's not my question, it's Rashi's question, Rav Shlomo Yitzchaki, many, 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 many years ago, much, much greater than any of us, really, but really much, much greater than me for sure on many, 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 many level, l'havda, 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 levels, lahavda, lahavda, lahavda levels. But before we talk about that, I want to point out something interesting. The pasik we're going to talk about, a lot of times we talk about a phrase or a word or a pasik itself. This pasik that, that uh, caught my eye this week, again, sources from Chabad.org. The pasik that reaches me is that of 613. Why is that number so special? Obviously, we all learn since we're little, little children, 613 is Tariyag, the amount of mitzvahs we have in the Torah. Of course, there are many intricacies on many of the mitzvahs, many fine details, many fine nuances within all the mitzvahs, but overall, technically, there's really 613 mitzvahs, 610, where totals from Moshe were taught, and two came directly from the P of Hashem, but the people couldn't handle it at the time, and, and Moshe took over, teaching them everything, and then, of course, the Torah Shabbat Peh, expounding on everything, and bringing us what we know and practice, as we see in the Shulchan Aruch and the commentators, on the Mefarshim in general. But that of 6.13, isn't it interesting when we're thinking about the different topics in Naso and the different topics of the Torah, especially in this week's Parsha of looking at the sultan and then looking at the Nazir, thinking about people that either are majorly suspected in one area or people that are majorly abstaining in another area. We know the Nazir is not allowed to be involved in getting tameh, not allowed to touch corpses, even his own family, I believe, can't, can't really be involved in, can't have any grape products or wine. Abstaining from things. In general, when you abstain from something that's mutter for yourself, it's not always the best thing to do. You know, Hashem gives you that what's mutter and he says that's with us. Or if you're going to usher that which is mutter, a lot of time the sources sometimes say you might end up coming to, God forbid being make, make mutter that's what's per- prohibited for you so you just take what's permitted take what's permitted for you and go with it in the in the realm of law the proper way especially in all aspects you know in dealing with families and dealing with the spouses and dealing with what we're allowed to eat what we're not allowed to eat what we're allowed to drink and not just deal with what we're allowed to and go from there you know you don't have to covet the 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 food and the drink from McDonald's just make a kosher version of it for yourself we see this time and again how in the actual thinking of things and the actual thinking of how we go about things, you 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 can figure out how to do it in a Jewish way. Instead of coveting the, the non-Jewish novels, just make Jewish novels, which is a huge thing we found a couple of years ago, and it really hits the spot for me and my wife when when reading. And I love to get engrossed in a book. We're going to talk about it again in my OT show. But when I get involved in a book, I love being pulled into a storyline, and I felt like that's what used to happen in the non-Jewish books, but thank God there's a Jewish alternative. There's so many non-Jewish tunes that I hear, you know, when walking to and from work in the years past, or just walking around, people blasting, them like, that's a really cool tune, but I don't want the words, I don't want the lyrics. So I love when a Jewish band takes a non-Jewish song and makes it Jewish, like 613 or A.K.A. Pella or Maccabees or the Wise Studs or Sheer Soul. When they take it, and they could, to name a few, there are many more out there. I love when they take a song, like they, the, the Star Wars theme. I always loved it, but it's not really a Jewish thing. So what did the 613 do? They took it, they made it Jewish. All the Lion King songs are awesome. They took it, they make it Jewish. You take something, you make it Jewish. You think about what's around you. And you look and you learn from it, and you make it permitted in a Jewish way. Think about all the stores. Even in Israel and even in America, they figure out how to do it. You think about all these awesome stores, and they figured out how to bring it home. It, Italian pizza made into kosher pizza. A cheeseburger made into the, the... the I forget what it's called already, but the the burger, we love it so much. It's, uh, it's the Beyond Burger, for example, or... Or the imitation cheeseburger, where it's fake meat, plant-based meat, but it tastes amazing like a real burger. Or you take fake cheese and put it on the real burger. You'd, and, of course, you tell people you make it that it's not Marseille or the like. But we make something permitted for ourselves in the Jewish way. Same thing with Jewish music, same thing with Jewish novels. And I love when there's a Jewish spin, a great show made into a Jewish way. So Netflix has tons and tons of things, but they actually have Shtisel which is, I think, a wonderful thing. It's a portrayal of the Haredim lifestyle, and it takes, obviously they're speaking in Hebrew, which probably in real life they don't do that, but in general, that's taking something and making it into a permitted outlet, and I love when the, when the Jewish people, different Jewish producers, and whatnot, actually produce a real Jewish movie with drama intense, uh, and and intrigue and action, that's so cool. And there's actually a movie we're waiting to watch, Till, till we finish the, the book From Rabbi Seltzer Which I thought was amazing I love when they do that So cool And a Jewish musical We watched Yosef the musical A couple of m- months ago We used to love going to musicals Growing up And uh, my wife and I Went to, to one Maybe in the past But now There's a Jewish version All male singers And it was a wonderful experience Taking what's permitted for you And running with it That's what we should be doing But when the is Suspected in one way And the nazir abstains In another way From what's permitted That's not always the best thing we got to take in our life what's permitted and run with it in a kosher good way. You think about all the non-kosher wines and the Jews, the Jewish people, the Orthodox lifestyle so figures out how to make it, the Israeli wine, the Jewish wine, and making it delicious. Thinking about non-alcoholic drinks, we talk about it in one of my episodes on OT, and running with it. That's why I love the sparkling grape juice. Taking a non-alcoholic drink, I can't have a lot of the ones made in non-Jewish culture because it's not kosher. But making it Jewish, making it kosher by taking the Kednam sparkling grape juice that hits the spot for me on Shabbos and Yom Tov. I'm like, ah, there's nothing more refreshing than after getting ready for Shabbos and Yom Tov, opening up and pouring for kiddush and having that first taste of the sparkling wa- grape juice. And it tastes wonderful. We also found actually a Jewish version of a non-alcoholic sparkly drink called M-I-N-G-L-E, Mingle, which is actually delicious OU. But that's another way of going about things thinking about looking at those around us, thinking about how to be involved in the 613 in all aspects, making sure to realize. And when we think about 613, we think about the tzitzes, because we look at the tzitzes, and it's alluded to 613, because the the word tzitzes equals 600, and then the knots and the strings, 5 and 8, are supposed to add up to 13. 613, it's supposed to remind us of all the mitzvahs in the Torah and of Hashem. And the tzitzes, we should be zohot to have real tzitzes again today, when Mashiach and the Beis should speedily be built today, the tcheles is supposed to remind you of the ocean and of the sky and of Hashem. That's the blue. And that's why I like having my talis blue during the weekday. It's supposed to remind us of the ocean and it's supposed to remind us of the sky. It's supposed to remind us of Hashem. Blue in general is a color I very much identify in general. My brother, Lava Shalom, also loved blue. But that's the thing to think about. How we could think about the pasik itself is 613. So what is in this pasik in 613 in Nasserom? Vav Yud Gimel. This is the law of the Nazar and the day that the day of his abstention are complete. After he's done with his Nazar situation, after he's done with that he comes and has to do what? He has to bring a carbon, basically and a whole process he's involved. The question is, as we started with, what is the connection to this in the previous sedra, the previous topic, that of the sota? Rashi picks up on this many centuries ago. Why does the Torah section dealing with the laws of the Nazir follow immediately after the section dealing with the laws of the Sotah? To tell you that whoever sees a sota's ruin should forswear wine. You're supposed to learn from those situations around you. You're supposed to learn from those around you. If you see this woman suspected of not being good to her husband, of being with another man, you're supposed to learn from that and realize what to avoid. A lot of time, wine, alcohol brings lots of problems, brings lots of issues, not only health-wise and internally, but externally. It doesn't really bring such good situations, such good behavior. They talk about how when, when Yatza Yayin, Yatza sowed when somebody brings in wine, the Gemara talks about, I believe, secrets come out, secrets that people are not supposed to know about, people are not supposed to hear, secrets about others, secrets about yourself, secrets about the world, not good things to be mentioning, to be talking about with other people, and when wine comes... And they say you can see three real aspects of a person. How, be Beyanin, Bekos, Bekiso, be, and Bekaso. The Gemara talks about three things show a person's true nature. How he acts when he's angry. How he acts when he drinks. And how he acts... Which is which is his Kosas his cup. And how he acts with his kiss. With his wallet. How is he generous or not. So two of them I can relate to. If I get upset or or frustrated or upset or angry. I'm not in my best uh, mannerisms. not in my best... My best uh, time of 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 life of of the day, something to work on for years and years and years. Try to be very generous. I can't really speak to the coast because we, as a rule, we don't do alcohol even on Parm, even on Pesach. We do our sparkling and we keep it zehu. But in general, those are three things the Gemara talks about. So it's not something that we should really be involved in. And wine could cause a lot of trouble, you know, if there are wine up parties, wine up meals, it could be a lot of trouble, a lot of mingling and whatnot. Really not a good thing to have, so it should really be to avoid it to begin with. So he really should abstain from those things. But he brings the carbon because it's not always best to abstain from that which is permitted, you know. He can't bury people, he can't be involved in Tome, he can't be part of the chaver Kadisha when he's a Nazir. That's a really big mitzvah. I can't do it. Many people can do it. And many people, I majorly laud them and praise them for doing such wonderful things. So why is it there? He should have learned from the Sotah and, and should have gone away from the wine. Chabad.org also points out, besides for the source of Rashi that's in the Chumsh, of course, an interesting story. Once in the early days of Hasidim, a learned Jew happened upon a farbringen a Hasidic gathering, which, of course, is associated with drinking and the like. Maybe there are other types of fabrengan. My type of farbringen would be a lot, a lot of sparkling grape juice. Taking in the sight of half-empty vodka bottles on the table of Jews singing and dancing instead of studying Torah, he cried, Jews, the holy temple is in ruins. Israel is in exile, and you dance and drink? Present at the Frobringham was Rabbi David Porchis, a senior disciple of the Baal Shem Tov. I have a question for you, said Rabbi David to the visitor. In one place, Rashi writes that a Nazir's vow to abstain from wine is an appropriate reaction for one who witnesses human susceptibility to corruption by physical appetites. But only a few verses later, Rashi quotes the Talmudic opinion which regards the Nazir's abstinence as a sin. Which is it? Is it drinking wine a positive or negative thing to do? And that's what we're talking about. You're supposed to avoid things that have caused trouble, but you're not supposed to avoid things that are permitted to you. So what is it? So of course, in everything, as the Rambam points out, there always has to be a middle ground. You can't go crazy to one way or crazy the other way. Don't overstuff yourself, but don't not eat at all. Go the middle ground, to Satiation except for anger and arrogance, which have to be avoided at all costs. So, the answer, Rabbi David said, is I'll tell you the difference between the two cases. The first statement by Rashi is addressed to one who sees a soto's ruin. A person who is capable of seeing the negative in a fellow Jew had better not drink wine. Wine will agitate his heart, he'll probably be roused to discover more failings and deficiencies in his fellows. But someone who is blessed with the ability to only see good in his fellow, which is a wonderful do wonderful thing, Ezehu chacham halamein mikol adam. Perkei teaches us: everyone who learns from someone else sees good in someone else. That's the thing to do. For him to avoid getting together with other Jews for the is nothing less than sinful. An infusion of wine into his heart will stimulate it to uncover the hidden good in the hearts of the fellows. Pointed out from Roshima Devarim and the sources from Chabad. Again, I'm not going to tell you which way to go. I myself do not. I find very many other ways in order to infuse gladness and song into my heart. Actually with using a guitar which is the so which is the next topic in the lecture series coming up very soon on uh, May 20th tomorrow Talking about the might of music. Talking about how music is so essential in life. That, for me, is a major element to infuse happiness. I don't need the external of a drink. I don't need the external of alcohol to make me miss a meah. I just need some good food, good company of the wife and children, some good sparkling grape juice, and some good songs. That's how I really get into Shabbos and Yom Tov. And during the week, even before Shabbos, a lot of times I'll play guitar for the kids, for my wife, for myself. That's how I really can be in touch with my soul and my spiritual self. But in general... We well, from this part show. We look at about the 613. We think about the mitzvahs. We think about the sitzes. We think about those elements around us, how to take things and make it into a kosher aspect, which we talk about a lot on all of my shows. And we talk about how to infuse things in the kosher Jewish way. Israeli innovations. When, we were in, when I was in Israel for studying two years in, in yeshiva, I always felt like the dairy there was actually better. I felt like the spirit of the land of Hashem was in the food, in the dairy. You know, Tanuva and the other companies there, I feel like they know what they're doing. Eretz Zavat Chalavu Davash. They know what they're doing because the land is full of milk and honey. And they know how to infuse things. They they know how to make the olive oil there. Mamash. They know how to make the the wine there. Any way, any aspect we can do in a Jewish way to take things we might see in culture and make it in kosher. Make it permitted. Lessons we can learn from seeing the sotah, from seeing the Nazir. See what not to do. See what to do. See to make sure to make things around us permitted in the proper way. To do things in the right way. And understanding how to infuse things in our own life. Join us next time as we talk A little audio burst on the Parsha of the Week with practical lessons to keep here on the Audio DT with Reb T. And I'm your host, Reb T.